0: Hello everybody, I'm your host, Hal Curtis, and I'd like to welcome you to The Space Industry by SatSearch, where we share stories about the companies taking us into orbit. In this podcast, we delve into the opinions and expertise of the people behind the commercial space organisations of today, who could become the household names of tomorrow. Before we get started with the episode, remember you can find out more information about the suppliers, products and innovations that are mentioned in this discussion on the global marketplace for space at satsearch.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to the episode. Today, we're speaking with Nicolas Capet, the CEO of AnyWaves, on innovations in satellite antenna technology and additive manufacturing for space technologies. AnyWaves is a specialist satellite antenna manufacturer based in Toulouse, in France, and is actually a spin-off of the French Space Agency. The company is a SatSearch member and has developed new approaches to antenna design using 3D printing and ceramic materials, something we'll dive into later in the discussion. So thank you for being here today with us, Nicola. And firstly, is there anything you'd like to add to that introduction?
1: Yes, I, I would like to to thank you too for for this opportunity to to talk a little bit more about antennas and everything that is behind and uh, what is difficult and what we try to propose to our customer for the new space markets. Fantastic. So as a start, I think I wondered if you could
0: walk us through the journey that antenna technology has taken uh, in satellites with regards to miniaturization in the new space industry. You know, miniaturization is something that all company, all component manufacturers is having to deal with in different ways. So I wondered how this is dealt with in antennas.
1: Ah, it's something that is very complicated because we face something uh, that is difficult to uh, to go through is the limits of the physics and the Maxwell equations. So if, if we take an example, a lot of electronics has been miniaturized because uh, we, we can go with very short tracks on semiconductors, etc., etc., uh, but it's not a question of law of physics. It's a question of technology. In the case of the antenna, it's something completely different because when you need gain, when you need bandwidths, when you need that kind of things, you need to, to 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 face the law of physics, the Maxwell equations, and miniaturization is a lot more tricky. It's obviously there is technological answers to, to face this challenge. But there is also a know-how, new concept, new design uh, to, to, to be as close as possible at the maximum allowable performance by the law of physics. Traditionally, big satellites were able to carry very big antennas, having a lot of performances, big gains, etc., etc. But now, with the new space markets and for many applications, a lot of very small satellites are put in constellation to propose complementary services to traditional big geostationary satellites. We have to develop a new generation of antennas that are able to be uh, embedded in very very small platform and now the challenge is to reduce the size of the antenna not sacrificing the performance and obviously the reliability of the equipments because antennas are generally a single point of failure in all radio frequency uh, chains and so if we if such an equipment is not working, you can lose the whole satellite because you are not able to communicate with it or to to bring the data of your payload. Interesting.
0: So these are really fundamental challenges that are imposed by the limitations of of the physics that are involved. And yeah, you have mentioned some of the trade-offs required there, but is there a more general approach you have to try and find a reasonable middle ground between size and performance?
1: Yes, definitely. First, we always uh, look at the performance and the size we can have for the antenna to evaluate the fundamental limits of the performance we can get. And then our job is to find technologies and concepts for radiating elements that are able combining these two ways uh, to be as close as possible as to the fundamental limits of the physics so in our case we have a, a huge experience and qualification in the the Antenna design using metamaterials, wideband antennas, directional antennas, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. and we combine this with the technology we are developing, uh, and we can talk about uh, the 3 d printed ceramic antennas we are using because thanks to this technology and this material, we are able to reduce the size of the uh, wavelengths inside the components, and so as a consequence to miniaturize the antennas. Obviously, there is no magic since we are, I would say, playing with the law of physics. So we always have to find the best compromise between the bandwidth, the gain, the size, the mass of the antenna to propose the most optimized solution to our customer. It's very important because when you have a a good antenna, you can save power, you can save resources with respect to the amplification, you can have communication systems a a lot more sensitive when you have a low signal over noise ratio, etc., etc. So it's something that is definitely a key equipment in all radio frequency systems.
0: Right, and you mentioned there the additive manufacturing, the 3D printing technology, that um, has been one of AnyWave's core focus over the years. Could you give us a quick overview of how this process actually works and, and maybe touch on the research and development that led you to to
1: the processes you use today? Sure. Everything has begun uh, when I, I was working for the, the French space agency, the CNES, uh, as an antenna expert, and more specifically in charge of innovation. And so this miniaturization challenge was already uh, there since the new space uh, market was growing and growing and we had to, to find new solutions and new industrial solutions being able to answer the, these needs. And so I had the idea to use uh, dielectric uh, materials to, to to reduce the size of the antennas. This is something that is well known in a lot of different applications, but were not used in the space domain. Why? Because from a technological point of view, it is something that is complex uh, to to, to bring uh, dielectric materials into space and manage its uh, electromagnetic properties during the full lifetime of the satellite between huge temperatures, radiation, etc., etc., And so we we found a partner that is manufacturing with a 3D printing technology, extremely high quality ceramic materials. And such materials are very interesting for our application for two reasons. The first one is that ceramics are extremely strong. It is definitely not a problem for such a material to be in space, in the vacuum, radiation, temperature, etc extremely strong. The second point that is very interesting for us, it is that this material has a very high permittivity. So this means that it's an extremely good candidate uh, to put that technology in our antennas to reduce their size. And I would say the, the last issue we had with this material is that one material has one value of permittivity. But when you design an antenna and you try to reach the fundamental law of physics, you need a, a maximum of free, a degree of freedom when you design your component. And one degree of freedom that is used by nobody is to optimize and select a very precisely the permittivity of the material you want to to use, because it's the same question, the compromise between the bandwidth, the miniaturization, the gain, etc., etc. And the idea was to use this material, which is very interesting, very high permittivity and extremely strong to face the space environment, and to structure by design this material with a 3D uh, structuration uh, it look like a, a lattice of very small structures that are a, a lot below the, the, the size of the wavelength. And from uh, the, 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 the equations and the electromagnetic theory, using such discretized material, we can find uh, that it works like an equivalent material Having, uh, I would say, an homogeneized property, even if in practice we can see some physical uh, details. But for the wave, it's like something uh, homogeneous, continue. And by choosing the the filling rate of our lattices in the material, we can adjust on demand the value of the permittivity we want. And so this is the key, the key aspect, both combination of the technology and the know-how in the design and optimization of the antenna, we can, I would say, close the gap to the fundamental limits. The very first results were quite impressive because we were able to predict extremely precisely what we were able to produce in reality. This is something quite incredible because when you are used to design antennas, you always have a lot of uncertainties with the material properties, the precision of the fabrication, a lot of different uncertainties that typically leads you to make multiple iterations between uh, having the good process to, to produce your pieces. And this very first try was so impressive in terms of results. I was convinced on that time that, okay, We have something. We have something that is relevant in terms of market needs. And we have a technology that is relevant because we demonstrated that first we are able to, to, to prove the concept where we can choose the permittivity we want by structuring the material. And then that there is already some processes available from an industrial point of view uh, to produce and develop such antennas. So then, uh, I decided to create a new web and start from the very beginning. Continue working on that, so and maturing the technology with a, a first prototype, then a first engineering model, and last year we finalized the qualification of our first product based on this technology, which is uh, a new one L1 uh, navigation antenna. I would add that uh, there is also something that is quite uh, impressive, and we are very happy with that. It is that typically when you start from TRL 3, 4, something like that, it takes between, I would say, 15 and 20 years uh, between the time you have the idea, you develop the technology, and it is used on an operational mission. We succeeded to do that in four years, four years from the TRL 3 to TRL-9, because we have already some uh, mission on which our antenna will, uh, will be probably uh, embedded. So this also demonstrates our capability to accelerate the technological development of space technologies.
0: An interesting insight there for other
1: companies out there, that as long as you have that solid base in research and
0: in testing and performance, it is possible to bring these products to the market in a number of years. So congratulations for achieving that. And you mentioned there are a couple of the different characteristics that make ceramic materials so interesting, the strength, the possibility to control the permittivity or the high permittivity that begins with. So I wondered if you could just talk a little bit further on what the specific advantages of pairing materials, such as ceramics, with additive manufacturing processes in antenna technologies
1: are. Yes, definitely. The advantage is very simple. Because, as I told you, so our job is to uh, structure the material very precisely with very small uh, uh, details into the, the material, and ceramics are very difficult uh, to mill with traditional processes, industrial processes. So, in our case, it's very simple. Without three D printing technology, we won't be able to manufacture such pieces. Only the 3D printing technologies allow us to produce such detailed and complex ceramic pieces. So this is the combination, the best combination of using the 3D printing technology, uh, because otherwise we won't be able to do so. Brilliant. So it isn't a case of
0: improving existing processes it's the fact that the process wouldn't exist at all without the technology as you mentioned you know there, there's this solid uh, background there in research and bringing the the product into the commercial space but now that you're gearing up to be more active in the commercial area other aspects come into play things like lead times logistics that sort of thing so with the um, additive manufacturing processes you use, are they also given any advantages in terms of you know reducing these lead times or enabling more efficient mass productions while maintaining the quality that you require?
1: Yes, exactly. First, the lead time is very good with such a, a technology. And then what is very interesting, it is that we are using one material, one process. We have qualified on one product. And we are going to be able, thanks to the flexibility of 3D printed processes, to develop new products very very quickly because the, the I would say the, the the most difficult parts at the very beginning was a first qualification of this full development on one product. But now thanks to this qualification process we are now able to justify and develop extremely quickly other antennas. It can be both Cuts antennas for uh, traditional uh, applications like navigation, telecommunication, telemetry, payload telemetry, etc., etc. But we are also able to develop and manufacture very quickly. Specific antennas, typically for payloads, because for payloads, it's always uh, system-dependent and mission-dependent, so you have a very specific uh, frequency band, you have uh, some requirements, uh, specific requirements in in terms of gain and coverage, uh, etc., etc. And then what is also very interesting with this process, uh, this manufacturing process, it is that it is Perfectly suited for the volumes we are expecting in the satellite market. 3D printing technology, I think, are not uh, well suited when you need to manufacture billions and billions of pieces. Traditional, I would say, manufacturing processes are definitely extremely efficient in terms of cost, in terms of lead time, but when you need to have a lot of pieces. In space, and more specifically in new space, we can expect hundreds, thousands of pieces a year, and 3D printing process are perfectly suited for that kind of volumes. The um, manufacturing seems to be,
0: have been a really core driver for a, a lot of your development. But how about the actual performance of the antennas in orbit? What do you think are the main advantages or trade-offs of 3D printed antennas using ceramics that they could bring to satellite manufacturers and operators?
1: I would say major advantages is that first, we have high performance antenna because we are able to optimize and being as close as possible at what can be done in a given volume on a very small platform. Uh, so this is, a, I would say, a, a first point that is extremely important because having high performance antenna is a good choice to, to, to get, I would say, a, a good radio frequency system performance uh, at the end. Also what is very interesting with this material and this technology it is that it is extremely strong and reliable uh, which means that in our case, uh, our first market is definitely the low Earth orbit new space market uh, on which a lot of very small satellites are here. But definitely we are convinced that such a technology would be a very good candidate also for exploratory uh, missions in the deep space or such a thing, keeping the, this optimized uh, compromise between the the size, the mass and the performance of the antenna
0: Okay, well that makes sense Uh, I think these compromises that are sometimes forced on subsystem manufacturers like yourselves by the power, mass and volume limits that small satellites have uh, can be really interesting enablers of innovation and I think 3D printing using ceramics is a good example of this And the progress and performance levels that such limitations have led to are maybe starting to be relevant on other scales as well. There are companies out there investigating whether technologies that were developed for low Earth orbit applications can actually be adapted for deeper space missions.
1: Is this something you're seeing in the antenna sector? We see a, a very interesting uh, trend in the interplanetary uh, exploration mission. All may because these missions are generally uh, funded and uh, carried out by uh, our worldwide space agencies like NASA, ESA, CNES, ISRO, etc., etc., JAXA, and. More and more, anytime there is an opportunity to, to have a, a huge mission, huh, with a big satellite, very expensive. Now we see that it's very, very interesting to put few very small satellites to have a secondary mission to bring additional data from this uh, exp- exploratory mission and I think it's something that is going to be uh, more and more generalized. We saw it on Mars. We saw it uh, anytime there is an opportunity. We send a, a very small uh, satellites uh, in addition to the, to the main mission, I would say. And this is something that is growing uh, more and more. And it's very uh, efficient from a cost point of view. Uh, and it can bring very opportunist additional data for the scientific uh, experiences.
0: That's great. I think it's a bit of a trend we're seeing that there's a lot of uh, smaller space companies, you know, looking at these potential opportunities that the big exploratory missions could could bring them, whether it's partaking directly or in follow up initiatives that may that may come from a program such as yeah, the missions to Mars or the Lunar Gateway or whatever it, whatever it might be. And I, th- I think just to just to go back to the technology, another area of of antenna innovation that has been growing and and, and changing in recent years has been with deployable solutions. Do you see any opportunities to combine deployable systems with 3D printed antennas
1: in order to increase performance? Definitely. It's a very relevant question because our first step was to develop miniature antennas that can be embedded very quickly on current needs for our customer. What we see is that for a lot of missions, we need more gain. Uh, more gain to close the link budget and because uh, small platforms uh, have a lot of constraints in terms of energy on board. Since we have an antenna uh, with a lot of gain you can reduce the energy consumption at satellite level which is very interesting from a a system point of view. In our case uh, we developed uh, what we can uh, uh, call some uh, antennas that can be used as a, a source behind, in front of a reflector, for example, a reflector or a reflector uh, technology, uh, which can, when deployed in orbit, bring a lot of surface and as a consequence, have a lot of gain to the the antenna. So this is exactly what we are currently working on at R&D level to develop Deployable reflector and reflector technologies for CubeSats, and we will put in front of such reflector very small sources, and some of them will be manufactured using three D printed ceramic antennas.
0: Interesting. It sounds like um, that's a could be a really interesting way of combining the technology. So, best of luck with with the R and D uh, processes there. And I think just to finish up, we've touched on some of the trends then that you're seeing in the market today and and what could become commercial realities tomorrow. You know, we've mentioned the manufacturing processes with additive manufacturing. You've just touched on the combination with deployable systems. And then there's the potential expansion from LEO into a more explanatory context. Where do you see the antennas market heading in the next, you know, three to five years? What are the areas you're most excited about or anything you'd like to share with us about that?
1: Yes, definitely, because uh, obviously we are we are living a s- so exciting period with uh, the new space markets. People are now looking to the stars again, and that's so great. There is so many projects, uh, so many new players. Uh, it's more affordable. It's more doable for everybody all over the world. And I'm definitely convinced that this period will bring solution to the main global challenges because space is the best place to manage global challenges uh, on very large area for uh, many 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 people we can talk about uh, ecology we can talk about safety we can talk about telecommunication in places there is no way to access all the, the knowledge the human knowledge uh, that are needed to 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 evolve so since this market is just booming incre- incredibly, uh, obviously the number of antennas needed uh, will grow as a consequence because obviously there is no cable between a, a satellite and the, the ground station. So uh, you need to, to, to perform that uh, with, with an antenna. And uh, any, any time you need a wireless communication system or communicate or navigation, wireless navigation system, you need antennas. So for us, uh, uh, I we are definitely convinced that there is a huge potential in our, in our market. And our main challenge is to penetrate this market uh, as much as possible, first by proposing our customer a full panel of antenna products uh, to, to answer all their needs, but also uh, to Bringing uh, having a lot of customers will allow us to be more competitive thanks to the volume we are going to, to produce. And so, as a consequence, to propose a lower cost, but without sacrificing the reliability and the performance at, of our antennas. And as a consequence, we are convinced of that, to bring the best performance to our customers, to the operators that are Facing uh, global challenges and bringing global answers to uh, to people, thanks to to space systems. And having this contribution as a, a modest uh, antenna manufacturer uh, is for us something very important because the more we are going to be able to propose good products at a good price, the more space missions are going to to burst, and the the more answers to all the the human challenges are going to be to be put on the table. And we are convinced that space is definitely the future of humanity.
0: Brilliant. Well, as always, we need to keep those end users and applications in mind. And I think you've done a great job summing up the uses of all of the innovations and technology we've talked about. So thank you very much, Nicola. That That's uh, all of my questions answered, really. And I think our community will hopefully have learned a lot about antenna performance and innovation. If nothing else, we'll always remember that there, there's no cable between the satellite and the ground. So I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And, you know, we want to wish anyways, all the best for the future, for upcoming missions, for the research and development uh, processes you've touched on there. So thank you for being here today.
1: Thanks a lot uh, for for this opportunity to to talk about uh, a little bit of AnyWaves. And uh, I wish uh, uh, good luck to you and all the the new space players to to bring future solutions because we are doing something that is great and fundamental for the future.
0: Fantastic. And thank you to all our listeners for spending time with us today. Remember, you can find out more about AnyWaves and the company's satellite antenna portfolio at uh, satsearch.com. On the platform, you can make free requests for access to data sheets, CAD models, quotes, introductions to business contacts, and whatever other procurement requirements you might have. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space Industry by SatSearch. I hope you enjoyed today's story about one of the companies taking us into orbit. We'll be back soon with more in-depth, behind-the-scenes insights from private space businesses. In the meantime, you can go to satsearch.com for more information on the space industry today or find us on social media if you have any questions or comments. To stay up to date, please subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can also get each podcast on demand on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Play Store, or whichever podcast service you typically use.